Hey friends, this is Dixon Kavanaugh, and welcome to another episode of Out Loud with Dixon, where we will explore wisdom, get creative, and better appreciate this fun, chaotic, and beautiful world that we live in. Today's episode is all about creativity, specifically training ourselves to respond to challenge and difficulty with creativity. Oftentimes, the key to solving a problem is not accumulating more knowledge, but rather connecting the dots in the knowledge that we already have. In that spirit, today is going to be a sort of highlight reel, a collection of four of our favorite moments since starting Out Loud with Dixon. It's our job to see the connections, to feel and sense how different books, ideas, authors, and stories are intertwined on a fundamental level. We can ask, how are they similar? How are they related? How are they different? And how are they unique? By combining ideas and seeing their commonalities, we optimize our ability for critical thinking. I have a real affinity for combining ideas that, at first glance, look like they have nothing to do with each other. Given the right attitude and determination, I truly believe that everything is connected, whether that be books, ideas, or human beings. Like anything, our creativity grows with challenge. We take two disparate concepts and rub them, mix them, melt them together. And soon enough, boom, we birth a new idea, a new plan of action. Let's reacquaint ourselves with the power of our thinking. Let's join the prophet on his island. Let's take another look at the power of belief and meaning and get back in touch with our most valuable resource, our time and attention. So gather around. Listen close and join me as we journey again and for the first time into our favorite moments. First up, James Allen's As a Man Thinketh. Quote, And you, too, youthful listener, will realize this vision, not the idle wish, of your heart, be it base or beautiful or a mixture of both. For you will always gravitate toward that which you secretly most love. Into your hands will be placed the exact results of your own thoughts. You will receive that which you earn, no more and no less. Whatever your present environment may be, you will fall, remain, or rise with your thoughts, your vision, and your ideal. You will become as small as your controlling desire, as great as your dominant aspiration. The vision that you glorify in your mind, the ideal that you enthrone in your heart, this you will build your life by, this you will become. Serenity Calmness of mind is one of the beautiful jewels of wisdom. It is the result of long and patient effort in self-control. Its presence is an indication of ripened experience and of a more than ordinary knowledge of the laws and operations of thought. The calm man, having learned how to govern himself, knows how to adapt himself to others, and they, in turn, reverence his spiritual strength and feel that they can learn of him and rely upon him. The more tranquil a man becomes, the greater is his success, his influence, his power for good. The strong, calm man is always loved and revered. He is like a shade-giving tree in a thirsty land, or a sheltering rock in a storm. Who does not love a tranquil heart, a sweet-tempered, balanced life? It does not matter whether it rains or shines, or what changes come to those possessing these blessings, for they are always sweet, serene, and calm. 
That exquisite poise of character, which we will call serenity, is the last lesson of culture. It is the flowering of life, the fruitage of the soul. It is as precious as wisdom, more to be desired than gold, yes, than even fine gold. How insignificant mere money-seeking looks in comparison with a serene life. A life that dwells in the ocean of truth, beneath the waves, beyond the reach of tempests, in the eternal calm. End quote. And next, into Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. Quote, And he raised his head, and looked upon the people, and there fell a stillness upon them, and with a great voice he said, When love beckons to you, follow him, though his ways are hard and steep, and when his wings enfold you, yield to him, though the sword hidden among his pinions may wound you. And when he speaks to you, believe in him, though his voice may shatter your dreams as the north wind lays waste the garden. For even as love crowns you, so shall he crucify you. Even as he is for your growth, so is he for your pruning. Even as he ascends to your height and caresses your tenderest branches that quiver in the sun, so shall he descend to your roots and shake them in the clinging to the earth. Like sheaves of corn, he gathers you unto himself. He threshes you to make you naked. He sifts you to free you from your husks. He grinds you to whiteness. He kneads you until you are pliant. And then he assigns you to his sacred fire, that you may become sacred bread for God's sacred feast. All these things shall love do unto you, that you may know the secret of your heart, and in that knowledge become a fragment of life's heart. But if in your fear you would seek only love's peace and love's pleasure, then it is better for you that you cover your nakedness and pass out of love's threshing floor into the seasonless world where you shall laugh, but not all of your laughter, and weep, but not all of your tears. Love gives not but itself, and takes not but from itself. Love possesses not nor would it be possessed, for love is sufficient unto love. When you love, you should not say, God is in my heart, but rather, I am in the heart of God. And think not you can direct the course of love, for love, if it finds you worthy, directs your course. Love has no other desire but to fulfill itself. But if you love and must needs have desires, let these be your desires, to melt and be like a running brook that sings its melody to the night, to know the pain of too much tenderness to be wounded by your own understanding of love, and to bleed willingly and joyfully, and to wake at dawn with a winged heart and give thanks for another day of loving, to rest at the noon hour and meditate on love's ecstasy, to return home at eventide with gratitude, and then to sleep with a prayer for the beloved in your heart and a song of praise upon your lips. End quote. Remember, we are here to create. How is the message similar? How is it different? Next up, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. Quote, Beliefs have the power to create and the power to destroy. Human beings have the awesome ability to take any experience of their lives and create a meaning that disempowers them or one that can literally save their lives. Some people have taken the pain of their past and said, Because of this, I will help others. Because I was raped, no one else will be harmed again. Or, because I lost my son or daughter, I will make a difference in the world. 
It's not something they wanted to believe, but rather, adopting this type of belief was a necessity for them to be able to pick up the pieces and move on to live empowering lives. We all have the capacity to create meanings that empower us, but so many of us never tap into it or even recognize it. If we don't adopt the faith that there is a reason for the unexplainable tragedies of life, then we begin to destroy our capacity to truly live. The need to be able to create a meaning out of life's most painful experiences was observed by psychiatrist Viktor Frankl as he and other Holocaust victims survived the horrors of Auschwitz and other concentration camps. Frankl noted that those special few who were able to make it through this hell on earth shared one thing in common. They were able to endure and transform their experience by finding an empowering meaning for their pain. They developed the belief that because they suffered and survived, they would be able to tell the story and make certain that no human being would ever suffer this way again. End quote. Amazing stuff so far. What are you noticing the second time around? Our next entry into Out Loud with Dixon's Our Favorite Moments is Seneca's On the Shortness of Life. Quote, It's not that we have a short time to live, but that we waste much of it. Life is long enough, and it's been given to us in generous measure for accomplishing the greatest things, if the whole of it is well invested. But when life is squandered through soft and careless living, and when it's spent on no worthwhile pursuit, death finally presses and we realize that the life which we didn't notice passing has passed away. So it is. The life we are given isn't short, but we make it so. We are not ill-provided, but we are wasteful of life. Just as impressive and princely wealth is squandered in an instant when it passes into the hands of a poor manager. But wealth, however modest, grows through careful deployment if it is entrusted to a responsible guardian just so our lifetime offers ample scope to the person who maps it out well. Why do we complain about nature? It has acted generously. Life, if you know how to use it, is long. End quote. Welcome back, friends. A collection of just a few of the all-star readings that we've had the pleasure of exploring over the last few months. Stoicism, peak performance, meditation, love, war, prosperity, God. It's all here. The authors of these texts have done their part in giving you their best. The best the world has to offer. Now it's your turn. What can you create? If your intellect is sparked and you're itching for more, don't worry. I'll have the links to those episodes in the show notes. So breathing in and breathing out. Above all else, remember, live with presence, confidence, and love. 